On today's episode of Crossfire Podcast, we'll be going through a ton of gaming news from the past couple of weeks. And our topic of the show, what are must-play games? What do we feel are must-play games? And let's just chat about must-play games. What do you think, David? Let's, let's go. Let's go. Here we go. And welcome back to another episode of Crossfire Faith and Gaming, where we're going to talk to uh, you a little bit today about our must-play games, and we're going to bring you today's latest gaming news. I'm one of your co-hosts, Reverend David Petty, alongside my other co-host, uh, Russ Dornish. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, but let's jump into it. Let's let's get this news. We got a lot. We got a lot of news. We want to get through it. Kind of rapid-fire news. Talk about it a little bit, but... Uh, First up, David, the Nintendo Direct, and I know you said you did not watch it. I did not. Uh, I I feel bad. I've neglected my Nintendo for a while, and I've kind of forgotten about the Nintendos. Uh, it's just been out of the sphere of consciousness. You know, it's the I think it's probably the oldest console I own right now. <laughs> well, let's rapid fire some of the games that were announced and talked about. Of course, the big one we can just go it right up front is uh, the Legend of Zelda got its name, which is uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, that will be coming next year, I believe, at some point. Uh, we also got announcement that Pikmin 4 is officially happening. Octopath Traveler 2. The big one is uh, more Nintendo 64 games coming to Switch Online, including, including GoldenEye 007, the classic game with online support. Very exciting stuff. People are super excited about it excited to get to play it and see if it holds up answer is no it does not hold up and i think people are going to be very disappointed it's not an easy game to play when you're used to twin stick shooters okay people it was great back then it's not great now right yeah i I think i think the controls are going to be tough uh tough reminder of how things were back then uh you know very different than the halo uh twin stick shooter and you know i'm i'm my biggest gripe still is that james bond cannot jump that is kind of depressing and sad. Uh, last little bit that we'll talk about in the Nintendo Direct, because I know Dave is excited about it. They are expanding Wii Sports, uh, Wii Switch Sports, Woo-hoo! Nintendo Switch Sports, and they're adding golf. I'm still waiting for Frisbee golf, so I'm a little disappointed that that wasn't also part of this. But True. Supposedly coming by the end of the year as a free DLC add-on, so that's always wonderful. We're always happy for that, right? I still contest that I think Wii Golf and maybe Switch Golf now are the best golf games out there. Because the, trying to translate the movement of golf into just pressing a button multiple times is totally different than actually swinging your arm. I don't know. I love Wii Golf. Um, up next after that, of course, we got the very same day. So super busy day. PlayStation State of Play uh, for September, which included a lot of Japanese games. But let's go over real quick what was announced. And then, David, you can tell me your highlights. I'll let you guys know my highlights. We did get official confirmation of Tekken 8 coming in the future. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced, which is a Oculus Quest game coming to PSVR 2 next year. Uh, Dimio, another PSVR 2 game that it will also be coming. This one's kind of a cool one. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon Ishin. So story on this one is it's actually an older Yakuza game that was Japanese only is coming to the States uh, following kind of the success of the Japanese samurai and Yakuza stories that are happening. Got a new Hogwarts legacy DLC that will be PlayStation exclusive Pacific drive. You know, the kind of game that you always want is I just want to drive around in a post-apocalyptic world and survive in a station wagon. Thank you. In a state in a wood paneled station wagon. Thank you. Um, PlayStation stars got a sneak peek of the non totally non NFT awards you're getting that nobody knows what we're going to do with them because how am I going to show them off? You're going to put them uh, in your PSVR house or, or I, some, I, uh, maybe. Everybody go look up PlayStation Home and just say we want home back. Uh, Sin Duality, uh, anime Japanese style kind of mech type looking game. Uh, Stellar Blade, no idea. It's, it's, it's a version of uh, Project Eve. Here's a big one. Team Ninja, the team behind Neo. Coming out with Rise of the Ronin, although the trailer said it will not be coming till 2024. Looked awesome. Don't probably won't play it because it's Team Ninja and their games are extremely hard. Uh, and then lastly, we get the God of War Ragnarok controller 
and the God of Ra- God of War Ragnarok story trailer, which oh my gosh, I am so hyped for. That game is coming very shortly. Dave, thoughts on these games? What you what's most excited for? What what got you hyped? Yeah, um, I mean, I think the graphics in Tekken 8 looked amazing. I really am not a huge fighting game fan, but uh, graphically, i got to hand it to them. Uh, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition looked great. I didn't know that it was originally an Oculus game until you and I talked about it moments ago. Um, But if it's anything like the Star Wars Oculus game, uh, the the Darth Vader game uh, that I've played the first chapter of and have the second chapter but haven't played it yet, uh, I think it's going to be amazing and, you know, better graphics, hopefully, probably with the PSVR 2, um, but kind of weird, you know, the the announcement, too, that people were talking about that you can't play PSVR 1 games on the PSVR 2, so we'll see, but uh, yeah. uh, no thoughts or feelings about Demio or uh, Like a Dragon, haven't played those games, uh, I'm excited, kids are excited about the Hogwarts Legacy game. Uh, yeah. That was something that we, uh, I think we gave my son on his 11th birthday a certificate to be able to buy the Hogwarts Legacy game when it came out because it was, you know, just right around the corner with the PS5 announcement trailer. And then it was, you know, around the corner oh, yeah. from around the corner because of COVID and everything else. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Pacific Drive, I think, looks actually kind of interesting to see, you know. What what's up with the game where you just you're just driving in a post-apocalyptic world in a station wagon? Um, PlayStation Stars, same kind of sentiment. I'm not sure where they're going with that, but you know, cool to have virtual stuff, I guess. No thoughts about Sinduality or Stellar Blade. Uh, Rise of the Ronin, same kind of thoughts. Not gonna play super hard games, but you know, looks great. I thought it was interesting. The intro they had this like long follow shot with a hawk that I was like, oh, is this an Assassin's Creed game? <laughs> Um, I think everybody said that. <laughs> you know, I think the controller is neat for those of you that collect controllers. Uh, it's just, you know, the next edition of the controller. Uh, one thing that was not in this announcement, but they did recently announce, was the new PS5 Elite controller. I don't think we talked about that. But, uh, you know, for those of you that want the customizations and the all that kind of stuff, I think different controllers are always neat. Whatever feels good to be able to hold in your hand while you're playing. And uh, as we've talked about before, I think God of War has an excellent story, great graphics, great gameplay. Um, It was interesting. I felt like the story trailer made it feel like God of War, uh, the PS4 game, you know, was the uh, disappointed father simulator. And this is like disappointed father of a teenager simulator. (laughs) Because now instead of a a whiny kid, you have a whiny teenager. Um, Yeah. I'm interested when it does come out, Dave, to get your reaction and ideas once you play through it, especially being a father. Like, how does that work? You know, like you said, I think the first one was that kind of whiny boy dad story of kind of connecting. And now that they've connected, it feels like that their relationship is better. What's going to happen from here as far as their relationship and where the story is going to go? Because it sounds like they're going to, you know, be dealing with some pretty heavy things and the potential that, you know, Kratos may lose his life. I don't know. I, I just feel like that that could be the like big twist of the game is it may be the end of Kratos. Yeah, I was trying to look up uh, how old uh, it says Atreus is about around 14 years old. So and my son's going to be 13 this year. So, you know, definitely will feel very similar to the, uh, you know, me as a super strong guy who wields an axe. Uh, just kidding. But, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, you're be bald. Very in- I'm yeah, bald. You know, if I just got super ripped and grew out a little bit more beard. And face paint and, um, you know, all that. But I thought it, it looks gorgeous. Um, I'm curious to see especially how they integrate uh, with it being a PS exclusive, what and how much they integrate the haptics, um, which I think are some of the best things about yeah. the PS exclusives, uh, into, you know, the, the feel of wielding the axe, the feel of pulling back on the bow. Um, excited to see how that plays into it. Yeah. Uh, up next, uh, Ubisoft had an event where they talked about a lot of Assassin's Creed. So we've got a lot of Assassin's Creed coming. While we did not get an Assassin's Creed this year, uh, we did get what is called Assassin's Creed Infinity, which will be a new platform that will house Assassin's Creed games going forward. Um, so multiple games will be coming out. It'll be kind of a hub platform area for you to be able to tie all your games together tie the story together, and then you'll go into your actual individual games, including the two announced games for consoles and PC, of course, being Assassin's Creed Mirage 
and Assassin's Creed finally going to Japan. Um, again, this is a no-brainer. People have been asking for the Assassin's Creed Japan. And then Ghost of Tsushima came out and said, hey, look, we can do it. And other games have come out. Like, come on, seriously, Assassin's Creed. This is the one like place that we wanted things to go to the most. Um, so the code name for the Japan game is code name Red. We do not know the official title. We're probably a couple years away from that as well. Uh, Dave, your thoughts? I mean, you are an Assassin's Creed fan. You have played the other ones a little bit, dabbled in the Assassin's Creed lore. Uh, are you excited for these new announced? The Mirage, you know, located in, uh, is it Egypt or the Middle East that, that we're going? I thought it, it's not Egypt. We already have an Egypt. It's Iran. Um, let's see here. Iraq. It says, I yeah, I think it's, I think it's Iraq. Uh, so Baghdad, right? Is, yep, is in there. there it is. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. It'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, I loved Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I did not get back and play Assassin's Creed Origins yet, and I have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I have not even touched it because uh, people just say, hey, this is a game that, like, is like a 120 hour playthrough. If you, you know, especially if you get sidetracked on any of the side missions, you're just, you're just going to lose time. So, you know, unless yeah. I get like laid off and suddenly don't have a job or something, <laughs> uh, or, you know, find myself with, with, a uh, overabundance of free time. I don't think that's a game I'm going to pick up. Um, but just, just hard to feel like I really want to invest 120 hours into, I mean, you know, that's this, what, at 40 hours a week, that's a full-time job for three weeks. Um, it's, it's rough. So, it's rough. you know, but I do love those games. I think they're great. It's interesting. The, one of the articles I read on games radar plus said Assassin's Creed Mirage is bringing back unity's parkour, uh, into the game. So yep. there are some people that yep. are hopeful for more, uh, original Assassin's Creed. Those who, who are disappointed with the direction that Assassin's Creed has gone, I do think the launcher is a weird and interesting idea on the one hand, kind of cool to tie the games together. On the other hand, I feel like there's, there's so many launchers and, and that, you know, it's like, you've got to have the Epic games launcher and the Ubisoft launcher and the, you know, so, so you've got all these different game platforms that have the place where you put your credits or your, you know, XP to get the things that, and and so now you're going to have an Assassin's Creed launcher as part of the Ubisoft launcher. It's, it just seems overly complicated. And maybe if you're super into those games, maybe this is exactly what you're looking for. To me, it just sounds overly complicated. And maybe like a tr they're trying to sell NFTs. You know, they're going to sell <laughs> NFT armor that you can use in any of the games. I don't know. So um, those are my thoughts. Last bit of news here before we transition to our topic of the show, uh, and it is Microsoft-based. Uh, first off, obviously, Microsoft growing tired of Sony's complaints over the Activision acquisition. Uh, Jim Ryan came out and said that he's worried about Call of Duty and what this all means for the series going forward. Uh, Microsoft and Sony did come to an agreement that Call of Duty will be on PlayStation for a few more years, but there is nothing in stone after that, and I think that's kind of where the complaints are coming from. But here's the way I see it. You bought a company... You bought a gaming division, you could do whatever the heck you want with it, okay? If Sony was worried about that, they should have bought Activision themselves. They should have figured that out. Uh, I do think it's, you know, that's the way the industry works. It's capitalism, right? I mean, it's capitalism. We live in a capitalistic society. That's how it goes. Quit your complaining. Would you agree, Dave? Like, we, we shouldn't be, you know, doing that? Um, I don't know. I, I, mean, I think it's tough anytime you're dealing with on the one hand, yes, it's capitalism. On the other hand, I feel like anytime you're dealing with IP, uh, everybody's got opinions about exactly where and how it should be managed. Um, so, you know, people are also, we, we also live in a, a society of free speech. You know, people are allowed to complain as much as they want to complain. So, I don't know. I You know, I just think that's, everybody's going to do what they want. And it, it might yep. be tough for the rest of us, but how it's going to go last uh last little bit of news uh halo infinite stuff so halo forge mode which is the ability to edit your multiplayer maps and do all sorts of fun things with that gets a november release date the big problem though that's causing a lot of fuss in the industry the co-op which has been delayed 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 is coming but online only they have canceled the co-op uh, couch co-op version of the game a lot of people upset and Things are just not looking good over at 343. 
Uh, it looks like two of the big heads of the studio have left in the last two weeks. So things are not looking good over at 343 and Halo. Halo Infinite was just not what it needed to be. Here's, you know, Microsoft's big hitter, uh, missing a lot of things, had a lot of issues. Obviously had that one-year delay. Just a lot of bad coming right now out of 343 and Halo. Gotten to the point where I know a lot of Halo fans who just say, yeah, what do you expect? It's a 343 version of the game. Um, so not looking good there. Interested to see what happens. Microsoft needs some heavy hitters, man. It just, it's been a while. I, I feel like we haven't really talked about Microsoft and first-party games and exclusives and things coming on the Microsoft side of things. And uh, hopefully 2023 can kind of reload and relaunch, revamp for them. Uh, Dave, do you have any thoughts on the Halo stuff, or are we ready to go to our topic of the show? Yeah, I've got some thoughts. I feel like the Halo stuff, um, for a long time we've talked about the fact that, that it's most likely the big titles that sell platforms, right? That people will buy into an ecosystem because of the titles that are on that ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. So if you really, really, really want to play, for instance, I really, really, really wanted to play Half-Life Alex, which meant I had to get some sort of VR headset because it was not available for not VR. Uh, you know, granted, I wasn't willing to drop a thousand dollars on a, um, what was the early, the HTC Vive when Valve, it first came out yeah. or the Valve Index, a thousand dollars. But, you know, if I wanted to play that game, I had to suck it up and, and find a way to pay for the platform. Uh, the Last of Us, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, Spider-Man, all those games, if you wanted to play them, you had to you had to pay for a PlayStation. Halo, if you want to play that game, you've got to pay for an Xbox uh, or have a PC that runs it. But I feel like there aren't a lot of other Xbox exclusives that are super exclusive to Xbox that are big AAA titles. So, you know, kind of like the Netflix and the HBO and the, the streaming services of the world, if you don't have the, the TV shows or movies, or in this case, the games that people want to play then people are not going to commit to your platform. Uh, and so I think Xbox right now is in a place where they're hoping to be kind of like the steam store of games and just say, well, we've got all the games, right? We just, we just have all of, we just have just so many games, which is neat if you want to play lots and lots and lots of games. But I suspect most people are probably at a point where there are more games available to them than they have possible time to play. And so, you know, even those of you that, that have tons of time on your hands, you're probably going to be picking and choosing which games you're going to play. And I don't know if that Xbox price tag and if the offering is really worth it, if they don't have some big hitting exclusives. It, so, I mean, that's the big thing. Exclusives are, are, are our console seller. It's an important thing to have. Speaking of important things to have in console sellers... We're going to take a quick break and we are going to come back with our topic of the show where we're going to talk about must play games and what that means to us and the gaming industry, as well as a few questions that I have about must play games. So come right back after the break. Gaming, where we bring you the news and all the good stuff. And this week's good stuff is that uh, we are going to be talking about our list of must-play games. And so uh, to tell you a little bit more about that and intro our other guest is Russ Dornish. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is going to be kind of a fun, interesting segment that we're kind of excited to bring to you. Um, joining us as well, who wasn't here for the first part of the podcast with the news, is our man, Brian. Brian, say hello to everybody. Hey everybody. It's good to be here. <laughs> so to start this part, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna kind of define and go through a little bit of some questions in regards to what makes a must-play game, what does this look like, and then we're gonna get into our list, which by the way, a first on the entire internet, a top 56 games that you must play in no particular order. We'll get to that in just a little bit. First, as I turn it over, we'll ask you first, Brian. What makes a must-play game must-play to you? 
Yeah, I think it's games that, you know, you're forming your opinion of games. These are games that you should have tried at some point, you know, because if you want to like understand what type of games you really like, this list picks from every genre and sort of every type of game, both classic and modern that, you know, are sort of the, the best of the best games, good representatives of types of games that you should try. Maybe they're not all for you, but some of these I think you're going to love. David, what do you think uh, as far as your definition of what makes a must play game must play? Yeah, to me, it's about exposure. Uh, and I think that if you, you know, let's say that you, you grew up on uh, Call of Duty and you've only played Call of Duty and you play Call of Duty all the time. Uh, I'm kind of throwing Call of Duty players under the bus here because I feel like there's a lot of Call of Duty players who like that's their thing. You know, they only play Call of Duty. Um, but I think if you want a good uh, overview of games and you want some exposure to different type of games or even just to be aware of. So somebody comes up and says, Hey, you know, have you played this game? And you say no. And you say, well, what's that like? And they say, Oh, it's just like this one type of game. These are games that probably people are going to reference. They're going to, they're going to bring up in conversation. And so if you are not even aware of, have never tried these games, uh, I think you're missing out. So this is, uh, for me, this list is about exposure. It's about education uh, and it's about trying. I mean, try some stuff, see what you like. Yeah, no, and I would agree. I, I think you both pulled on both sides of this of what a must game play is must play. Um, I agree. I think it's, you know, what are games that are pop culturally relevant uh, to each, you know, time period that they were released? You know, what was their critical reception? What was their uh, audience reception? Um, you know, what kind of genres they encompassed? What are some of the gameplay uh, portions to it? All of that, very important for the must-play. So uh, that'll kind of help you guys understand where we got our list and where we're coming from as we get into it. Um, Brian, do older games get left off with new generations of players? Do you think that they should be left off, for one? And uh, what do you think about older games and more modern gamers and how that works? Especially, you know, you and David both with younger kids who are first getting into video games for the very first time in their lives. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I, I think it's important that we don't ignore older games, but I think it's also important to take into account like how playable is that classic game, right? Yeah. So we've discussed some games like maybe like Space Invaders and some other Asteroids, some other classic games that I think just are kind of, like if you're going to introduce this to your five-year-old, your six-year-old, your seven-year-old, somebody who's kind of new to gaming, or or even if you recommended it to somebody who's older that like, hey, have you played this game? I think it does need to be a game that is enjoyable to play no matter, you know, when it is. And so we've been careful to like kind of curate this list. When we include classic games, we want games that are still fun. Yeah. David, your thoughts on expanding on that? Yeah, I mean, originally when we started coming up with this list, there were a lot of games that I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. You know, Space Invaders was one. Uh, there's some games that just aren't as playable. Um, you know, we looked at, at uh, Triple Play 97 footage, and, uh, you know, I got to say, what I remember from when I was alive in 1997, how good that game was, how great it looked, how great it felt it's not as good as what I remembered. Uh, and I think, you know, we talked about like golden eyes coming out soon in, uh, in our you know particular time. And I think people are going to be surprised that, you know, golden eye might not feel as good, uh, as they remember it. Um, you know, now that you've got dual stick games. So, um, I think it's important to go back and experience some of these older games or to be aware of them. I think some of the older games do hold up and you can still play them. Uh, most of those games that do we've put on the list, uh, or at least that we think do. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where it is. But I would say, even if they're not great to play anymore, there's still some games you should probably just be aware of their existence. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and to go on to that, like I, I would call it like old person bias. You know, they're games we grew up with. They're classic games we grew up with. If you try and go back and play most of those games, they are unplayable. They're hard to play. There are still some great old games that are easily picked. You know, you can pick them up. You can play them. They're fine. 
and those ones I would happily recommend, and there will be a couple of those on the list. But again, I think there's a lot of games where we've made improvements, we've made things better, and it's like there's no reason to even go back and attempt the classic game simply because, you know, you can find a better version of it here and today. So I think that's that's a huge part to it. So before we get into the list, um, the last thing I'll say is, you know, we'll kind of end this and we'll talk about some of the important games to us as we grew up, some of our, you know, top five games that uh, on our personal list that we'll share with you guys uh, as we get through this. But without further ado, let's just go ahead. We're going we're gonna to jump right into the top 56. So again, uh, David's going to flash across the screen this graphic that says like, top 56 crossfire games in no um, particular order in no particular order in alphabetical uh, order that's, yeah, that's we're the order. alphabetical so it yeah, isn't a particular not. order but <laughs> it's not in the best order yeah so what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of us uh have selected certain games from this list we'll give just a quick 10 second overview of why we believe it should be on it why it's on the list uh and then move on so we can hopefully get through this kind of round robin rapid fire getting through 56 games if you want to see more about the 56 games and you want to see this list in all of its entirety we are going to have a page on our website where you can go find this list to be able to view comment on and tell david what horrible selections he made okay because the horrible selections on here are all david's let's oh just, man let's oh get man that out there now gloves let's are coming off well right right brian we're just gonna we're gonna david under the bus all tell there. us why we're wrong but why mostly it's David. David, yeah. <laughs> great. Okay. That's great. Number one I've got, which is a Souls game. Uh, and by that, we are going to throw in there a couple of great Souls games. Dark Souls, of course, the brand new Elden Ring and Bloodborne. Those are kind of the definitive Souls-like games. If you're into extremely hard games that take a lot of learning, a lot of learning curve to get good at them, uh, that's where the saying get good comes from. If you're wondering what your kid's saying to you as an adult, that's where it is. Souls games, number one on the 56 list. Let's move on. Next up is Angry Birds. And I put that on the list because it was a definitive game that uh, defined, I think, all of mobile gaming for a while. Uh, hugely popular. And it happens to be one of the games that has the best movie adaptation. If you haven't seen Angry Birds 2, go check it out. Next up, we've got uh, any Lego game. The Lego video games are excellent. They are excellent adaptations. They're fun. They are lighthearted. They're great family games. So I would say any Lego game. What's up next, Russ? Uh, we got Bioshock. And of course, it's Bioshock. First person shooter. Lots of awesome, amazing gameplay elements that kind of change the genre. Uh, kind of spookiness to it. A little bit of a horror. Very light. If you're not really into it, this might be a good segue to that uh, in the story. Amazing story, amazing twists, amazing conclusion. Super excited for the TV show. Hope they don't mess that up. Uh, but up next, we're going to go with another mobile classic. So we're going to go with Candy Crush slash Bejewel. We're going to stick with Candy Crush here because I'm thinking, I mean, it's one of the, the most important like mobile games that people to this day still play. So whenever somebody says, I'm not a gamer, you ask them if they play Candy Crush, they're most likely going to say yes. And therefore, you're like, you're actually a gamer. So we definitely had to include Candy Crush on a must-play type of game to understand the mobile gaming sphere as it stands today. Brian, That's what right. you got? Yeah, next thing on the list is really a Metroidvania. We selected Castlevania Symphony of the Night to represent that particular genre. Um, I think this is, like, if you're going to step in, you haven't played a Metroidvania-style game, this is probably the best one to play. Um, it just, it has so many options and so much great stuff. It's totally worth playing. The next one on the list is uh, Civilization. And you can pick up probably almost any of these. Um, the first one maybe is, you know, a little old and clunky, but a lot of the more modern ones are great. Um, they do a great job of just like taking you through history and making that into a game. They're great. David. What's next? Next up is Deus Ex. Uh, I put that on the list because for me, it was one of the games, first game I think I ever played that had major shocking twists and turns that, uh, you know, it was like halfway through the game. You're like, everything I thought I knew is gone. Uh, and yeah, I just think it was a great game. Uh, very deep exploration in that game. So what's up next? Doom. The 1994 classic is on here. I, I've gone back and played this game. It's still very playable today. Um, yeah, there's a lot that could be said about this game and how it kicked off 
an entire genre that's you know kind of the best-selling genre the whole fps genre but um yeah doom still playable today not the best movie uh, adaptation yes yes it is we're gonna keep going uh this one is a shout out to one of our patreon subscribers lonnie it is final fantasy 7 for our jrpg entry if you're gonna play a jrpg um the definitive one that a lot of people will say is final fantasy 7 especially when you're talking about the final fantasy series although there is a wide range of those games out there uh we selected final fantasy 7 and part of that was because of the remake which i think does make uh final fantasy more of a modern game so if you have younger people who want to play the final fantasy games for the first time uh the remake is a great introduction to what it kind of was and what it currently is so highly recommend final fantasy 7 let's move on yeah, next up on the list is uh, really the racing genre. We selected Forza Horizon, the series. I, I'd say three, four, or five. Um, you could play Gran Turismo also, but I, I feel like there's some quality of life uh, changes that have been made in Forza Horizon that just make it the best of the racing genre. And if you haven't tried a racing game, you should definitely take a look at Forza Horizon. What's up next, Russ? Uh, we've got, of course, we can't have a list without God of War, probably one of the quintessential PlayStation series on any console. Uh, any of the God of War games are honestly great to pick up. Even picking up the old PS2 classics uh, are very playable, easy to pick up games, which make it so great. The story is great. Um, and then, of course, we have the 2018 reboot, which was just absolutely one of the best games of that year, probably one of the best games of a genre. So God of War has to be on a must-play list. Next up, we've got Gone Home. Uh, I put this on the list, game that came out in 2013. Many people would say a walking simulator. Uh, I put it on the list for the topic that it that it kind of touches on. Uh, I can't really talk about it because it would be a spoiler. But Gone Home, walking sim that really just uh, it immerses you in this world and it walks you through. It's like a two or three hour game. Great game, phenomenal, and touches on a topic that was hard at its time. So uh, next up, we've got Grim Fandango. Uh, one of the best uh, Lucas Arts, uh, you know, in the in the Lucas games. What was it called? The I, I'm gonna lose. Just I'm just gonna <laughs> flub this whole thing. Anyway, You're Grim fine. Fandango, fantastic game. Uh, great exploration, great story, uh, well written. What's up next, yep. Russ? So up next, we have, of course, we had to pick one, but we went ahead with the newest, which is Grand Theft Auto Five. Grand Theft Auto is a series that has defined gaming for generations so far and grand theft auto 5 is kind of the culmination of everything if someone is going to pick up a grand theft auto game for the very first time they might as well go with grand theft auto 5 to see what all of the games are truly about and how amazing they actually are from here we're going to go rogue light we got to get rogue type games into the list and we're going to go with one of the newer ones which has been voted as one of the best ones and that is hades uh, Hades, if you haven't ever had a roguelite experience, uh, rogue games are games where death is a gameplay element that you die, you restart, you go again. They're dungeon crawlers in a sense and, and a little mixture of a few different genres. So absolutely had to include one and Hades is the one that we picked for our list. Next up is Half-Life. Uh, and I picked that because it's one of the games that really introduced me to gaming. Uh, first person shooter game, uh, just amazing, amazing story. And then next up, we've got Half-Life Alex, uh, which is uh, an amazing VR game that you, I, I would just say it, it is the beginning of the future of what's possible for VR. I'm sad it didn't win game of the year when it was out. And I think mostly it's because people didn't play it because they didn't have VR. What's up next, Brian? Yeah, we have Halo on the list. And I, I think probably you could play any of the Halos. We're, we're specifically talking about the first one. Um, we've heard some people say that, you know, maybe it doesn't hold up that well, but I think it does. Um, really shows you, like, the evolution of FPS games, storytelling, and how that all came together at that particular time. David. You're up next. Yes. So next up is uh, Inside, which I know some people am not, are not going to agree with, but uh, Inside, amazing 2D platformer game with all sorts of weird, and I, it's amazing. It's rated 91 on, on Metacritic. There's a reason it's amazing, but I can't even go into it. So I'm just going to say Inside. It's on the must playlist. You got to try it. Uh, next up is Journey. Journey is a game that came out that's uh, just a beautiful 
uh, kind of experiential game uh, on the list because it's just a, a great playthrough and totally different than everything else on our list. You know, for this next one, I had to go with Knights of the Old Republic. When it comes to regular American RPGs uh, and Bioware RPGs, you got to go with the OG and the greatest, which is Knights of the Old Republic. If you have not experienced it, I hope you get a chance to. I know there's a lot of issues and the remake is in limbo right now. So definitely try and pick it up. It's a little bit rough around the edges now at this point for an RPG. Uh, but if you're a Star Wars fan and you want a great story, that is the game for you to play. Let's hope the remake actually comes out and is good. Please, please. Yes. Someday, someday. Next up is League of Legends, which uh, I have no experience with, other than I know that tons of people have dropped thousands of dollars on this uh, amazing free game. Uh, but we put it on there because it's a MOBA, and I think that uh, a lot of people do find a lot of pleasure in playing MOBAs. And so we put League of Legends on there for that reason. Next up is Legend of Zelda, uh, which I have played Breath of the Wild. We have Ocarina of Time on there as the best video game of all time, according to Metacritic and some many other lists. Uh, but I think Legend of Zelda is amazing. Uh, everybody should play at least some Zelda game to understand what they're getting into. So uh, next up is Life is Strange, which I'm just going to say is a beautiful story, probably one of my favorite stories. And you should pick it up if you like experiential story games. We can't have a list of best games without having some 3D platformers on it. We've kind of tied them all together in one spot. So that does include games such as Mario 64, Mario Galaxy, Banjo-Kazooie, Crash Bandicoot, and Spyro. This is where your video game mascots come into play. And 3D platformers are some of the best games, especially for casual gamers to pick up and play. So highly recommend you find one of these wonderful titles and give them a shot. From here, of course, we got to go with the classic. We go from Mario 64 and Mario Galaxy to Mario Kart, which is one of the highest selling racing games of all time and a easy pickup for the entire family. Probably one of the best attributes is the fact that grandma can pick it up and play with you and have a lot of fun. So highly recommend that everybody at some point tries a Mario Kart. Yeah, especially the new one has a lot of like driver assists. So like, I mean, even a really young child can play that game Absolutely. and have a lot of fun. Yep. All right, next up on the list is uh, Minecraft. Yeah, if you haven't played Minecraft, you should try it. It It is almost undefinable, right? It has so much stuff in it uh, and so many different things to do for different gamers. Um, it's just kind of a, a, an amazing thing. Uh, and again, if you haven't tried it, give Minecraft a shot. Yeah, it's like the Lego of video games do anything yeah. with it. Um, next up on the list is Microsoft flight simulator. Uh, we put that on the list. I don't think we have any other flying games on here, but kind of as the definitive flying game, uh, I played it when I was a kid back when it was like flight simulator 2000, I'd recommend you pick up 2020. Uh, also you can fly and see your home or wherever it is in the world you want to see. So what they've done in 2020 is just incredible. Definitely. You should try flight simulator 2020. What's up next, Brian. Yeah, Miss Pac-Man is next. So we, I mean, we had to get some classic games in here and we really wanted to push for ones that if you gave this to a young person who hadn't played it, that they would actually have a lot of fun playing it. You know, games that are still playable. Miss Pac-Man is totally still a playable game and still fun. Um, and it, it gives that person the experience of here's what gaming was like quite a long time ago. So <laughs> what's up next, David? Next up is Portal, and I put one or two. I really like two better than one, but I think you should definitely play both of them. Uh, Portal, amazing puzzle game from Valve. Uh, puzzles and humor. I'd say it's probably one of the most fun and funniest games I've ever played. Uh, and just the whole thing is just this wonderful, wild experience. Uh, and at the end, you get cake. So next up, we've got PUBG and Fortnite, uh, which we put on the list. Uh, and I would say... PUBG or Fortnite, you got to play some sort of a battle royale game. Uh, didn't put Realm Royale on there when you turn into a chicken, but you should definitely play some sort of Realm Ro uh, battle royale game, PUBG or Fortnite. So that's what's on the list there. What's up next, Russ? Game that you you finally finished, right? Yes, I did. And that would be the Red Dead Redemption series, another rock star classic on this list. Red Dead Redemption just takes the cowboy genre, which everybody loves, and makes it Pretty much you live out your life as a cowboy in some amazing scenes, scenery, one of the best looking games of all time in Red Dead Redemption 2. And again, taking that GTA 5 formula in an amazing open world game and applying it to cowboys. What, what can go wrong there? It's perfection. 
and then of course we have to have at least one we're in the r's that means we have to have resident evil as a defining genre for the horror series but we went with the all-time classic which most people have in probably the top five all-time greatest games and that would be resident evil 4 we've got the remake coming next year so people hold on to playing that yet i feel like the the remake is going to be the definitive addition to playing that game so resident evil on the list david we have a surprising one coming up next what is the next one after resident evil and why did you pick it yeah i picked road rash because i think you know we we got some racing games we don't have any motorcycle racing games uh for me it was just such a very different game when i was playing it uh you know definitely kind of violent uh you know you smack people with chains while you're riding a motorcycle um but uh, also just a good heavy metal game but i would recommend you know try road rash if you want to try beating people up uh, on motorcycles and next we have uh, Rocket League, a game that I feel like is different than a lot of other multiplayer games um, and is really something you should experience. You know, if you if you think of like online sports games and the way they kind of limit you, uh, Rocket League really gives you a way to express yourself in a game that I think few other games do. So definitely worth a shot. Yeah. Also just want to throw on there rocket league. One of the few games you can chat and you know that the chat, uh, as long as people don't type regular text, uh, will probably be relatively clean. So, um, roller coaster tycoon too is, yeah, it might be toxic, but it'll be clean. Uh, so roller coaster tycoon is what's next on our list. We put roller coaster tycoon two as a, uh, theme park simulator game. I think the pinnacle of theme park simulator games after that, they became more realistic, more uh, complex and kind of less fun, I think, but roller coaster tycoon two, beautiful, wonderful game. Russ next. Another PlayStation defining game. And of course it's going to be me that talks about it. It's shadow of the Colossus. If you have not experienced this atmospheric, beautiful, gorgeous story, uh, I absolutely recommend that you pick it up and play it. Give it a try. Uh, very interesting. I don't even really know how to define it genre-wise. It's just a very interesting, interesting story and, and beautiful game to it. So highly recommend that you guys try that out. Next up on the simulations is SimCity 4. Uh, and I, you know, we said 4 or 2000, uh, a great simulator game, one of the kind of defining moments of the simulator games and simulation genre. So I would recommend it. SimCity 4 I like because it's got a lot of traffic um, visualization and simulation going on in there. So what's up next after the SimCity, Russ? The game that has been released more than any other game in the history of games. And that, of course, is Skyrim. Uh, Genre-defining RPG for uh, Bethesda and, and, and their... Sorry, not Bethesda. Ubisoft. Why can I not even say them right? Brian, who, who did Skyrim again? Who, who, what, what happened with this? I'm just throwing a blank right now. Skyrim is Bethesda. Did uh, okay, just look it, it up. Bethesda. Yep. Okay, but their genre-defining game, it's something they keep going back to. Obviously, we have a new Elder Scrolls coming in quite a while. Uh, who knows, after Starfield. But you can't have a game of, you know, must-play games without having Skyrim on there because you can literally play it on anything, including a fridge. But, you know, that's just something completely different. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw the fridge joke in there. Up next, we've got, of course, if you have Mario, you've got to have his his rival his opposite, the 90s version of good versus evil, uh, you know, any type of genre defining, but the Red Sox versus the Yankees. You got Sonic, and we've picked Sonic 2 to be represented on this must play. Sonic games are super easy to pick up. The speed allows almost anyone to do anything with them, and they're a lot of fun to watch and see. So we have to include a Sonic game, so we included Sonic 2. Next up, we've got StarCraft, uh, which I put on there as a fun real-time strategy game. And I would say probably in that category, we could put any real-time strategy game. Uh, probably I would say StarCraft or WarCraft, the early WarCraft, not the world of. Uh, Command is, and uh, Command and Conquer. You know, the real-time strategy genre, you should definitely pick up and try uh, anytime you can. Uh, but I think StarCraft 2 probably is the genre-defining one for me. So what's up after StarCraft, Brian? Yeah. Stardew Valley comes up next, um, or Animal Crossing, uh, which is kind of uh, what Stardew Valley is based on, um, among other things. Um, but this is this is essentially 
a farming simulator, but there's a lot more going on in this game. Um, it's just, it's, it's almost hard to describe, but there, there's so many things you can do. Um, and it's so chill that it makes it different than many other type of games. And if you haven't experienced this type of game, you definitely should try Stardew Valley. We have to, of course, include some fighting games in here, and we're going to include the two best, the OGs. We're going to include Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Of course, Street Fighter 2, probably the definitive Street Fighter game. And we'll go with the classic original Mortal Kombat with the uh, position that this game had in pop culture history, uh, movies. Everybody knows Mortal Kombat. Everybody knows Street Fighter. And so those are our fighting genre games that are must-plays for anybody getting into gaming. Brian, we've got a big one coming up next. What do you got? Yeah, and I think anybody who plays games should play this game. And we're, of course, going to talk about Super Mario Brothers, the original 1985 game, or certainly try, I mean, honestly, there's tons of games in this series, including Super Mario World, that are standout 2D platformers. Um, Any of these Mario games are very, very playable today. They're a great way to start kids out with gaming. Um, because they're so easy to pick up and play and understand. Um, and even somebody who's five can generally start to make progress in the first level um, and have fun. So you're, you're not a complete gamer, definitely, if you haven't played one of these. Uh, next up on the list is Super Smash Brothers. Um, also a fighting game, but different, you know, because it's, it's this wild, uh, you know, multiplayer experience. Uh, it is really something special all unto itself. Um, it can be played co-op or now online. And just the, the, the wild chaos that happens is, uh, is hard to reproduce in many other games. Definitely worth a try. Russ, you're up next. Well, and there's a reason why Super Smash Brothers is pretty much its own genre now that everybody's copying. So we have the Super Smash Brothers clones. Um, up next though, we have another classic and this is one that I recommend everybody play. Heck, if you can get a game boy that just has this game on it, your kids, no matter what their age are going to have hours and hours of fun in the backseat of a car, which is where I had my fun playing Tetris and Tetris is definitely a game that has to be included in must play. So if you can find any sort of Tetris or Tetris clone, I highly recommend giving it a try, no matter what your age is. We transition from Tetris and we go to one of the deepest, most depressing games of all time, if we want to call it that, but also probably one of the greatest game stories uh, slash gameplay combinations in the history of gaming. And that is The Last of Us, part one or part two. Uh, the series is absolutely genre defining for games. Uh, if you're into stories, if you're into you know great gameplay, if you're into great looking games, Last of Us is a must play for anyone and you must play through the entire games please 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 for the sake of gaming do that david what are we going from last of us to yep. now we've got to be the only list on the planet that has super smash bros then tetris then the last of us and then the sims so the sims is up next i put that on there uh, i think you know uh, fascinating game that when I was a kid, I used to wonder what would it be like if you had a game that just simulated life and then they came out with the Sims and that pretty much did that. Uh, and I, you know, I don't really play the Sims much these days when I was a kid, I played it a lot while I was just building houses, but, uh, the Sims, I think for a lot of people is a huge game. Uh, and it's made the, the company that makes it a lot of money. So, uh, the Sims I would put next on the list as a must play must try at least. Brian, what's next as a simulation of a real world scenario? Yeah. Next on the list is the Stanley parable, uh, a game that messes with you in ways that I think few other games do um, something really special that, uh, you know, when I first picked up this game, I did not expect it will totally mess with your expectations uh, and is is definitely worth giving a shot. It may not be your thing, but you should give it a shot. What's we're now next, we're now into the big section of our list because we're on to 51 of 56 games. And that is, of course, really the stealth genre. But we're talking about Thief the Dark Project, the original Thief game, and of course, the OG Splinter Cell. We had to include both those games because again, we think those as genre-defining games for the stealth 
uh, genre. And if you are at all interested in the stealth genre, both of these games are great places to start. From there, we switch off to another uh, franchise that has really defined a number of generations, and that is the Tomb Raider franchise. We're not going to put any specific games because there is such a vast difference in so many of these games. <coughs> but we recommend that you pick one of these games up, excuse me, as I die during Tomb Raider um, and give them a shot. So absolutely, Tomb Raider, very important. Uh, and then number 53, we've got to, of course, include this, the classic. Everyone grew up on it. Kids nowadays can enjoy it as well. And that is the Tony Hawk series. And right now, the Tony Hawk remake for one and two is an absolute classic that everyone can pick up and play. Uh, a new way of playing the game with slightly updated graphics and physics. Highly recommend that anybody who at all is interested in video games at least gives that attempt. And let's be honest, Tony Hawk probably has one of the greatest gaming soundtracks of all time. David, yeah. how I mean are we getting close to wrapping this up? We are getting close. After Tony Hawk, we are at Wii Sports, another great sports franchise. Uh, I think Wii Sports totally changed gaming. It changed what we expected gaming could be. It's the reason that then Xbox tried to come out with the Kinect, which was a huge failure. But uh, the idea of dancing around in your living room to play games the Wii did this amazing thing. And especially with Wii sports uh, that I think pretty much everybody that owned a Wii has played. And it's got one of my favorite ways to play golf. Uh, the Wii sports does. So I dig Wii sports. It's definitely also a one must of the try. Most, yeah. One of the most accessible games on the list, right? You could be three or 93. You're probably still going to love this game. Number 55, and we've got, of course, we can't we can't include a list of games without this. I mean, it is literally a pop culture phenomenon. Everybody in the world knows about this game, whether they've played it or not. They have their judgments about it. There are some stigmas associated with this game, and that is World of Warcraft, the game that millions and millions of people logged into for hours and hours upon time back in the 2000s and continues to this day. So that's 55. Let's go to I mean, the you got to have an MMO. Uh, we have to have right. include one MMO. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So and last up. At, yeah, number 56. Number 56. This is the last game. The this pinnacle. No, no meaning whatsoever because it's alphabetical order, David. The this last and maybe the least uh, on our list. I've got Worms, and I put that on there as a turn-based game. Not quite a strategy game, but a turn-based game that it's just totally different than any other game. It's kind of like tanks back in the day uh, or pocket tanks. If you ever played that game, but uh, worms, I don't care whether you play worms Two, worms world party worms, Armageddon, just don't play worms 3d. We don't talk about that, but worms uh, definitely a super fun game. And again, a game that pretty much everybody can play. Uh, some people might say it's not for kids because of, you know, the violence, but, you know, they're these tiny little cartoon worms, and they're just shooting each other with bazookas. So uh, that is the last of Ooh. our list. So Ooh. next up, now that we've gotten through our list of 56 games that you should play, next up, we're going to talk about our top five games. And these are in a specific order. These are the top games that we really think that everybody should play. Uh, and our personal top fives that uh, may or may not be on the list, but... Let's get into it. Russ, why don't you start us off with your top five games? I think that uh, also to expand on this top five games for gamers can really let you know who it is that you are talking with. It is a way to define you as a gamer. It's a way to define you as a person. What kind of person are you? And for me, my top five is number one, The Last of Us. Number two, Uncharted 2. Number three, Knights of the Old Republic. Number four, 2018, God of War. And number five, NFL 2K5. Uh, so you can kind of get an idea of who I am as a gamer. I'm really invested into story-heavy games. I'm also a sports gamer at heart. I will always be picking up sports games each and every year and enjoying them at my leisure because I play them so much. So I had to enjoy or include one of my favorite uh, sports games of all time. David, what is your top five formative games that define who David is as a person? Games that, de well, I don't know that these are games that define me as I a think person. Uh, these they are do. these are some of my favorite games. 
Uh, and I thought about like games that I would be willing to play again, games that really, uh, you know, if I was stuck on a, on a deserted Island and I only had five games to play, what five games, or, you know, if you were only allowed to play five games, what five games do I think you should play? Now, granted, these are not for ages at all. Uh, these are for, you know, first off on my list is the last of us part two. Uh, and the reason that that is on there is because it's a game that I, I think probably the single game that made me feel the most feels throughout the game. I mean, it was an emotional roller coaster. There was the unexpected. Uh, it's probably the only game I've ever played that has fighting in it that I didn't want to fight. Like imagine a game that is so well built that they say, we want to give you a game where you fight other people, but you're so tired of fighting that you're not going to want to like blew my mind. Anyway, next up on my list is grim Fandango. Uh, I put that on there because I think it's just such a fun, uh, exploration of this world. The day of the dead, you've got, uh, Manny Calamera that is basically, uh, you know, Calavera, right? Uh, anyway, Manny, uh, wonderful character, beautiful game, fun game, great soundtrack overall, just a all around good time. Next up is half-life Alex, which for me was just, uh, opening a whole new world of what's possible in video games. Uh, you know, the idea that you're actually in the game that you're moving, that you're touching, uh, you know, that you actually have to like physically reload your gun before attacking the next thing that's attacking you. Uh, you know, rather than just press the reload button, you're like, Oh, I've got to grab the thing. I've got to do that. You know, anyway, Amazing, beautiful, great game. Uh, next up is Minecraft because of the endless possibilities that are in Minecraft that I, you know, you really could do anything, whether you're in creative mode and you just want to like, I'm going to build a huge tower or whether you're in survival mode and you say, well, I really want to like build a house, but first I've got to go mine this material and I've got to cut down these trees and then I've got to venture halfway across the world and I've got to find a donkey and you know, Minecraft, super cool game, amazing possibilities. And then last, I would say Portal 2, because, um, you know, there's nothing else that's fun and lighthearted on my list. Uh, and I think, you know, Portal 2 is just, it's a good, fun time. Like, it is, you, you can't play that game without just kind of enjoying the humor in it. So, that's my top five of who am I as a gamer. Brian, what about you? What are your top five? Yeah, my top five. I think says a lot about what kind of gamer that I am. Uh, number one for me is Dwarf Fortress. Uh, the number of things that uh, you can do and can happen to you in this game is incredible. I think it's probably the deepest simulation that, in terms of gaming, that exists. I mean, maybe there's some, but it it it, it simulates things all the way down to like fingers getting injured and things it's it's absolutely insane and like i said the the number of different things that can happen to your dwarves in this game is countless and makes it so that every time you play this game it's totally different uh the next on the list my number two game is xcom ufo defense this is the 1994 version i do love the remakes those are good too but uh the original game uh, for me is more atmospheric and again, opens up way more possibilities. There are so many strategy things that you can do in this game that are completely crazy, but work. Um, and man, also for me, just a game that came along at the right time as well. So, uh, the next on my list, number three, Forza Horizon three, I, for me, three is the favorite of uh the horizon games mostly because i just really love the map it has a lot of diversity it's set in australia um so it has everything from deserts to like lush rainforests to coastal areas um and i just love like zoning out and driving super fast all over the map um and trying crazy stunts getting into the occasional race um love that game next on the list number four stardew valley game you can sink a lot of hours into um and is super chill uh just a great game to spend time in uh, a game that um kind of doesn't make you feel unsafe unless you want to like if you want that challenge it's there but if you just want to chill out and farm it'll totally let you do that 
Uh, and then final on my list, number five, uh, Guacamelee. Um, uh, sort of a beat em up game, just like with lots of combos um, and, and really tons of challenge if you want it. Um, a game that's fun to start out with, but that, you know, the deeper you go into it, uh, the more there is. So it just keeps offering you challenge after challenge um, to the point where there's some things that I definitely haven't done in this game. So um, Guacamelee is my number five, and that's my list. Awesome. Well, uh, I was going to say, any of us have any questions for the others about their about their lists, about well, their choices, about uh, what it means to have top games? The, the, the big thing I was going to say, because you said, oh, these, these games don't define me, like, whatever, like... They absolutely do. Like, they tell a story about who we are as people. You know, you look at my list, you can already guess. Okay, Russ loves PlayStation. Russ loves Star Wars. Uh, Russ loves football sports. Um, these are very story-heavy games. So he's very into story-heavy type titles. None of these games are truly online multiplayer. Russ stays away from that. Like, you can get things from your personality, what you like, what you do. I see David's list. I see again. Um, a, a deep love of story with Last of Us Grim, Half Life. You know, I love. I I see his ability to create. And his, he is what he wants as far as you know creativity goes. And then you know, just again, too. I think this is a big part of him, but I already know this because I cheat. But you know, you love your graphics. You love the way games look. These are all very good looking games in their own rights. Very stylistic games. Um, and they're not mainstream games, I would think. Like, yes, they're mainstream, but I mean, like, you don't got your Call of Duties. You don't got anything else. Like, I see this list, and I was able to tell David, like, hey, you're going to love Death Stranding. And sure enough, David loved Death Stranding. Beautiful so, game. Like, it, atmospheric, you know, you oh, get that portal great. kind of. Yeah, it's great. so you see that. I see Brian, like, I see a bunch of different things, you know, racing, uh, the Stardew Valley, uh, just the ability to to create and live within that world um you know forza kind of that same open forza you can kind of do whatever you want in it like yes you can race races but you can also just enjoy the collecting cars and doing all that stuff guacamelee is just a great beat em up um you know side scroller definitely you enjoy those type of games so as i see these lists of people that do top fives like i think these really are like personality definers this is almost your enneagram in a in a way of like <laughs> testing who you are as a person is okay. Give me a top five list of video games that kind of define you. And this is what you get. And on that, yeah, you, on that topic, I was going to say, we might, you know, maybe in, uh, maybe not the next podcast, but maybe the future podcast, we could get into more detail about those, uh, gamer profiles that I know we talked about once, uh, and the kind of detailed, uh, you know, Enneagram of gamers that, that gives everybody the, you know, what is it that you want out of video games when you play them? And how is it that, you know, this person is playing the same game as this person. And yet the reason they're playing it, they get something totally different out of that game. So that would be a fun topic for future podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, what were you going to say? I cut you off. Sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I think Russ is absolutely right. Like when you look at my list, you can see that I love things that anything, any game that gives me unexpected things that are going to happen to me and then I'm going to have to adjust to. I love that. Um, I love strategy and I also love, you know, anything where I'm, I'm building. Uh, and I also love like games that give me a challenge and slowly increase that challenge over time. So I think you're absolutely right. I also think David, the idea of, um, you know, maybe in a future podcast, sharing the the uh, gamer profiles that we've done before I think would be great and we could go back to this list and talk specifically to why these games definitely fit our gamer profile I can tell you that they do well with that we are now 45 minutes into our second segment uh, after the news uh, and so that's probably about time to wrap it up as a podcast we're a little over an hour but uh, any last thoughts from anybody Brian you got something to say yeah I just wanted to say you know um, we do say that, you know, we kind of suggested that everyone should play these games at some point. And, you know, I know some of these are mature titles. Um, obviously we're, you know, going to suggest that you handle those when you're ready for them or, uh, you know, you know, be, 
be cognizant of that. Obviously, some of these games uh, have more violence or or other content, um, but they are excellent games. And we do think that, you know, when you're ready for that kind of thing, that they are worth checking out. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, again, this is all subjective. These lists are fun. They're fun to debate. Feel free to debate us. Like, you know, throw it in our Discord. Comment on the the article that we post on the website if you you come across it. You know, that's the whole fun part about this is let's let's debate. Did we leave off anything? Is there anything that you think should have been on the list, should have not been on the list? Worms um, or, you know, anything <laughs> else like that. But, you know, what does that look like? Tell us. I mean, please. And by the way, David's address, so you guys can send hate mail to, <laughs> is... No, sorry, I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't. Just kidding. I can't, just I can't kidding. Um, but in all seriousness, it's if you want to send me love mail and tell me why you love all of my picks and why Worms is your favorite game. Um, that address doesn't exist because nobody's sending anything. You know, it's, it's like they say at the end of Jungle Cruise, you know, if you've enjoyed my picks, my name has been David and I've been your tour guide. And if you've disliked them, my name has been Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Hey, we get it. Anytime you get a Jungle Cruise reference on a podcast, you've won the day. I really hope that people listen to this podcast <laughs> and get to this point. That's right. They hear this joke. It's going to be great. Uh, and last thing I will say, uh, we did talk about parenting. If you're a parent and you're listening to this and you're thinking, what's good for my kids uh, in terms of age appropriateness and games, uh, we did talk about that on episode 10 on our podcast a while back. Uh, parenting and parenting tips for gamers. We'll probably come out with some more of those in the future. Um, but we just think that it's really important that you pick what's really appropriate for you. And, uh, you know, and even if you're not a kid and even if you're not a parent, you can be a 48 year old person and maybe you know that certain games are not for you. So uh, know your limits and ski within them, I would say. Uh, ski free, not on our list. Weird. Anyway. <laughs> and hey, you had to slip that in there. <laughs> had to slip that in there. But uh, I think this has been a great podcast. We've enjoyed having you listening to it. As always, you can support us on Patreon. You can visit our Discord. You can visit our Facebook channel uh, or Facebook page our facebook group you can go to our twitch channel you can follow us on instagram at tiktok and twitter and i think that's all the places and if you forgot all of those you can visit our website at churchforgamers.com brian i'll give you the last word and you can give us the outro no i was just gonna say hey come come shout at us and tell us why we're wrong on our discord we'd love to have you uh and that's it for crossfire faith and gaming Thanks, everybody, for joining. Join us next time, guys. God bless you.